Hello, everybody. This is the first big Tall Tale Zoom. We're going to try combine two podcasts and see what happens. Creepanelia. This is Creepanelia. Hey. This is basically an arbitrary starting point for half an hour into our conversation. So, Cassie, good luck with <laughs> editing an actual start Sorry. point into this. Um, should we go around the five things to introduce ourselves? I guess. Um, I'll start. I'm Alan McGuire from Juvenalia. I am the token straight male in Tall Tales. The only one. Yeah. What We're about actually Scout? Only... Scout's a girl. <laughs> oh. Scout's okay, I, a girl. Actually, I think... That's I think a major disqualifier, yeah. I'm Sophie White. I just gifted us all with that uh, image. And I do creep dive with Jen and Cassie. <laughs> I'd do it. I'd do those dives into your creep. Sarah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm Sarah Griffin. I'm a tiny wooden <laughs> effigy hanging from a tree oh, in a forest. Nice. I'm Jen. Very good. ODWYOR from the Creep Dive Mother Pod. I'm very, very excited to be here today to talk about a film I'm very passionate about. Yeah, so we're we're all here today to talk about uh, first of all, we're all here today because whoever runs the Juvenalia account, Alan, um challenged us mm-hmm. to just a battle, like brought together this like an anchorman style beef. Like an anchorman style beef between the two podcasts, but we're all actually represented under the same beautiful umbrella where we all love each other dearly. Like an angry mouse to be impartial. Yeah. But we said, why not cross over? Cassie why not is bring the us together? I'm not a turncoat. I love you all Cassie's equally. The puppet master. Shut up, Cassie's mom. Master. You've Don't always preferred <laughs> Sarah. I just think that Sarah and I have such a connection on a soul level. Nobody has a connection like like me and Sarah. (laughs) Ladies, do you have matching friendship (laughs) tattoos that one person didn't know they were getting? Scissors, (laughs) ladies, sisters. But we are here to combine the two. We 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 are trying to think about something that is obviously creep dive is creepy shit and weird shit that happens on the internet. Juvenilia is nostalgic, Nostalgic beautiful stuff. And we were like, what's both creepy and nostalgic? I wanted to do Blind Date and I was overpowered. And so we're doing the Blair Witch Project. I think the Blair Witch is the perfect one for us to do because like for a long time, I haven't been an old old OG listener of the Creep Dive. I just think it's a really like it's looking at fiction is really interesting, right? Because there's a campfire element to sitting around and telling creepy stories, you know, like staying up all night mm. and sitting around and saying things to each other that is going to give somebody a nightmare. So which oh, project yeah. is a perfect, like I thought the other one that I thought, and we've all had some of our scariest mm. experiences in oh, tents. Mm. Cutting yourself out yes. from inside. Having <laughs> running, screaming into the yes. Siberian Often your first landscape. frig might take Me place and, uh, inside one of those. You're not <laughs> yeah. with no eyeballs in a tent. What did you say? In the wider Siberian Oh, land. sorry. Or a tongue. Oh. I think we're all referring yes. to Dilatov Pass. Always Dilatov. Right or Dilatov Pass. I did have a legitimately really Blair Witchy experience in um, the uh, in Wicklow oh. uh, when Seb and I uh, were just doing an absolutely, just incredibly predictable early 20s uh, style mushroom picking camping trip. And um, we picked Liberty Bells. The dosage for Liberty Bells is each eating about 90. So amazingly annoying, isn't it? You're like. So amazingly irritating. And uh, and so we both had a plate of Liberty Bells each and we were camped in this um, forest 
beside the car, the park car park of the kind you of didn't trail. have a spotter and uh, the Liberty Bell. No, what do you mean a spotter? Oh, Very for like when high. high people are high. Yeah, like a designated sober. Absolutely not. I've heard spotter. Um, no, Liberty Bells were complete duds. Oh, so, so it never annoying. even became necessary to have a spotter because they were they were total duds. So then we just had like a bottle of Buckfast each, and we were like, let's take a middle of the night stroll through the forest, see if we can activate the mushrooms a bit. Mingling forest, nighttime, and Bucky, maybe something will happen. Nothing really happened yeah. except for book fast and then later we got back to the tent storm wow. came and it was horrific and the tent was actually flattened to oh, our faces oh, and shit. then the headlights what? appeared and a car pulled up to where our tent was and just with the headlights idled there no joke for like half an hour with the headlights on us it was yeah you're sticking yourself would Seb not have uh, or ghosts yeah yeah. Would no, I, neither of you have manned up and done a zzzz, peer out and then be like, what the fuck are you doing? Eyeball the ghost car. Because like Seb is a very lovely, friendly man, but he's very tall. So if you were trying to threaten someone and a Seb <laughs> unfolded out of a tent, you would go, oh, yeah. fuck, and leave straight yeah. away. So. Yeah, do you know he just played Ed Kemper on a recent episode of, um, yeah. of The Creep Dive? Yeah, he did. Six foot nine, 300 pounds, Seb <laughs> Kemper. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, we just like lay paralyzed with terror, like the two very innocent. But then you have the we added were. fear. But it you did eventually end. TG. Nobody ended badly. Mm. I was just imagining, you know. I anyway, know, like go innocent on, well, the experience reason... where I, 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 um, I went on a trip once. I was um, traveling around East Africa for four months and. Uh, I was with a friend and you have to take anti-malaria tablets the whole time your way, obviously, so you don't get malaria. And there's one brand of anti-malaria tablets called doxycycline that really, <laughs> really impacts your wild, yeah. Like you have like re- Yeah, you have like really, really chronically wild nightmares. And um, one of the things they say, and I can, can confirm, is that you should not take these... If you miss a day, you should not take double the dosage because it is, it's like getting extremely fucking high. Um, but the girl that I was staying with and we were like, we were literally doing like the roadside camping thing. Like we were camping through all these different places. Um, honey badgers are a big, big thing in East Africa. Like they're like, you can't leave any food out. Like you can't do anything. They're like absolute bastards. Honey badgers are so vicious. Be warned for honey badgers. Don't eat any food out. And there was one night we were camping. She had taken her doxycycline, was having these big bad nightmares. It was just the two of us in a tent. And she woke up screaming that there was a honey badger in a tent because she'd had a nightmare. <laughs> so like, you know, when someone wakes you up and you're like full dead asleep and someone's having a nightmare Screaming. beside you and you like, you wake up and you're like, all of a sudden filled with cortisol and like so on high alert and she was like there's a honey badger in the tent there's a honey badger in the tent and it took me i'm gonna say 10 to 15 minutes to realize it was just her having a nightmare and there was not a honey badger in a tent but like i thought that we were dead thought it was in there with me she was still full-on dead asleep just having like a honey having badger a nightmare. in a tent with was you there, dude, is the equivalent of a- sitting in it's a death. paddling pool, sure looking to your right and seeing a 12-foot great white shark. 
Like there's no way out other than death. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or like no. being in the tent with a chainsaw <laughs> yeah. that's battery like operated tent, like, chainsaw. But like, there no was so many times during that so yeah. many times during that trip, right, where like everything that could go wrong, like you would actually go sleep with a mosquito in your tent and you'd wake up the next night. day and you were full of like bites and stuff. Like Bad I simply happen, do not camp because of Grizzly Man, oh, which is sort of, I know, story. I'm aware that an enormous bear is not the same as uh, a honey badger, but both of them would like you to die um, for their um, uh, culinary badger. needs. Entertainment. Um, circle of life yeah. is the wheel of fortune. Um, it's your turn. Um, Wait, now, now, if we tar grizzly bears, we'll have a whole load of activists. Look, I'm sure they're all lovely people. And Grizzly Man is a complicated, is. Uh, sad for story. Friend, looking but... in the wrong direction. Just, just look in the wrong direction, buddy. Um, the re- way wrong direction. Um, so grizzly bears enjoy like chairs and lots of human stuff. I think they're essentially fine. They're fine. They'll sit down in the chair if they see one. What are you talking about? Are you serious? They'll just. Yeah. You never seen grizzly bears love chairs. If they see human stuff and there's no one around, they use the human stuff. What? Of chair. Have you never seen an ad for Charmaine? Have you never seen a grizzly oh, bear sitting at the picnic table? No, I fucking have not seen that. Even Dublin, not even Waterford. This is not Yogi Bear. This is a oh real thing. This is a water thing, man. Good. This is definitely crazy. <laughs> Grizzly country. Grizzly yeah. country. <laughs> Do you know what? This is a good way of segueing back around to Blair Witch Project. Oh, lads, I've just Googled bear, <laughs> bear sitting on a picnic table. <laughs> but, okay. To bring it back around to what we're actually talking about. This is good. This is good. Top line of Blair Witch Project is that it's a found footage horror film. Mm-hmm. My connection here is that Grizzly Man is the brilliant mm. found footage documentary about mm-hmm. um, oh God, Timothy Treadwell. Again, I forget. Yeah. Very good. Timothy Treadwell made by Werner Herzog. Who does, he does the hard work of the story for there. us by sitting there and listening to a man yeah. being eaten alive. So we, we kind of experience the horror of the story by the stoic proxy of Werner The tapes Herzog, you can, you can a, listen to. Or them. you can spend eight hours of your yeah. life trying <laughs> to find Did you find it, it at all, Soph? Did you find any of it? <laughs> Never. No, no, really tried. But um, anyway, so yeah, this is like Blair Witch Project. It kind of like reignited the found footage horror genre, didn't it? Like, and actually it was kind of genius because the kind of big previous one, like the next one back almost was Cannibal Holocaust in the 80s. And so what you actually had with Blair Witch Project was like just capturing the entire perfect next generation that weren't there for Cannibal Holocaust and the insane circus of that film's release. And uh, and so we just didn't know what we were looking at. I remember and not knowing what I was looking at. I they was also 15. used the internet to their benefit because they seeded the mm. story for a mm. year beforehand about these missing filmmakers on chat groups and with fake websites and stuff. Oh yeah. So like it, was, it was the first um, viral campaign. The actors were listed as missing presumed dead on their IMDb's isn't it? up until the but film came out. But they idiotly. Yeah. They, do you know what happened? They got an opportunity during the run up to the to PR thing to do one of the Saturday Night Live interviews and they then Heather did an interview. So but people at that point were so far down the believing this thing was real. They they did not care. Mm. They mm. were like, no, no, she's dead. And so are the other two guys. But... Plus, well, I, for a really long time, I for she was a really very long generic, time didn't realise it wasn't real. Because I was... I would... Like, 19, I would, what 19, year did the 19, project come out? 99. 99. 
<laughs> I was young, like young. <laughs> you so were like, a bit younger, yeah. like you were twelve. Like I was really? ten. No, I was like legitimately like nine and a half, ten. And I remember seeing the Blair Witch Project when I was like, I know I was like not allowed to, to watch it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I remember distinctly being in my aunt's house and being in the front room. And the Blair Witch Project was on the TV, and I was like, "Oh, I'm not allowed to watch this." Boom. And then I watched ever. it. Yeah, yeah. And I was fucking terrified. Mm, so I turned it off before I got to the point where, like, I realized it wasn't real, yeah. and then couldn't like seek comfort in my parents because I'd done yeah. the thing I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> I watched do. a scary movie. Now I'm <laughs> scared. Watched the Blair Witch yeah. Project. Yeah, and I was yeah. terrified. So, like, for I'd say a solid, I'd say. Leading right up into being a born again Christian, believing well, which you were not alone, which is may have been like the, the satanic like, history so, of like yeah. says yeah, everything really about your willing to willingness to yeah. follow so suggestion we, and me and Sophie are questioning. Did not, so not realize it wasn't real. Is that part of the baptism? It's like they dunk you and go, and oh, no, which isn't real, and now you're a Christian. <laughs> no, like they didn't, they didn't tell us that till we were like 16. So it was like no, long, they were like, those three kids in Blair Witch Project were atheists in that. We were watching it today, <laughs> and Kerry's remark about one of the three kids, he's just like, if you walk into the set of, if, if you walk into Fibbers too fast and it hasn't loaded, then all you see is like Josh from Blair Witch Project. It's just everyone is Josh from Blair Witch Project. Oh, I was, yeah, I was watching this morning, I was like, Mike is like the guitarist in 100%. six out of 10 American indie bands. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. Oh yeah! Like what a pair of bricks! I was thinking about how I, I wish, them. like, <laughs> I wish that um, Big Dirty Fry oh, would do a Blair Witch Project, but it's an indie song. It's a really good idea. It's so good. Yeah. we should just DM him and be like, mm. Michael, make What's this happening? happen. I um, I think it's funny because with that like viral marketing campaign, they just completely took the Cannibal Holocaust playbook and mm. completely redid it right down to um putting it out there that all the actors so cannibal holocaust for anyone who doesn't know about the stunning just it's like deliciously gruesome italian film um about documentary makers who go to an island to make a documentary about one of the last cannibalistic tribes that they've heard that lived there and cannibal holocaust is the found quote-unquote found footage from their explorations and it things get fucking tasty um and so the maker of cannibal holocaust sophie am i she does this sometimes and putting it out that all of the crew that she's she's been 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 she's back she's a playmore all the actors sign the same kind of agreement that the blair witch project directors had their three actors sign which was not to appear in anything or anywhere for a year after the film's release and so then like with um with cannibal holocaust they did their job too fucking well and they ended up hauling the director whose name was um after the filming mm. i feel like it, it's like ruggero or something like that like but i'm definitely saying it wrong he's italian ruggero deodato there's one of the worst efforts ever they ended up bringing him into custody and charging him initially with obscenity and then after they'd seen more of the film they charged him with murder and yeah and insisted that he had made a snuff film and um, because it was so realistic and so gruesome and so in the end they had to haul out the actors with and be murder like, they're alive nobody got impaled in this film <gasps> everyone can chill out believe but um 
Mm. Nap dead. I wonder maybe did they, I was trying to figure out why the fuck they mm. allowed that interview to happen. And maybe it's because of what happened there. So maybe they were like, yeah. It, so the rumors were like, absolutely. <laughs> it was a machine was going. The marketing That's machine, amazing. And maybe they felt like, oh fuck, this is, might have gone a little too far. I think. And maybe they bottled like it a never, bit. Like we Heather's never mother was getting right. condolence yes. cards and stuff. Yeah. So, so maybe that was their maybe Jen? that was their like, attempt I remember at this really vividly. So there was yeah. mad hype about this film that was coming God, out. And then I remember that Sky, I'm nearly positive it was Sky because I remember it was like we had just gotten Sky and I was like, yeah. uh, there's something about this film and it was like a, a pseudo documentary about the legend of Blair Witch rather than about the movie ahead of time. Mm. Yes. So this, you're right, this was released. Yeah, and this was released with cutaway in a, in a it was like another documentary heads. with cutaways to the, to people, which was originally what College the friends film and people was like supposed that. to be. Yeah. It was supposed to be found footage mixed and with these cutaways uh, of the actors in, sorry, well, not the actors, but they, so in other words, they would have survived originally and or and college just letting friends. the actors so, off yeah, so into the woods they pulled that idea mm. when they saw the quality and realised what they were self shooting weren't they from. like they had to train so the, the whole, act- actors uh, how to shoot yeah it was before everyone had so they had eight days in the woods they had these three actors they they were self shooting yeah yeah, that's right. Mm. She was so the, Josh, yeah, was she the producer? They did some like landscape yeah, pickups afterwards. Yeah, Josh was their photo, uh, photo cameraman. Mike was yeah. sound, and Heather was and you know the sort what? of leading okay, director. Oh, I guess she was the director. I was just going to say, do you know what with Heather? Um, yeah, I always thought this at the time, and then I yeah. kind of don't think I had the words. It was her to project within the like, story. It was so like interesting. That she was the producer, and I think what it does very and she was then oh no, immediately afterwards cast as the annoying one, and like the bossy woman and like it's so interesting that like the lads were generic the lads faded into the background but heather yeah. was uh you know polarizing people hated her mm. or really lo- liked her but mainly hated her i think and it's totally because she had a She's vagina hero. And she had opinions and was telling people yeah. what to do yeah people really hated her and Mm, and her yeah. journey through it is so And it's sharp so like so what they're doing on TikTok now. So well until she doesn't like it's really it's, it, watching it as an adult is really interesting because on one hand mm. it's an Instagram yeah, story. Exactly. You know? That style of editing it's a TikTok. Oh yeah. So that that sharp like you look at this, you look at this, you build atmosphere by showing this. Like it's really mm. it's incredible how effortless it was, but obviously nobody had seen anything quite like it at a mainstream level, especially not like at a, the level that it, it rose to at the time. Um and that lovely grey area where nobody can mm, tell if it's yeah. true or false. But with Heather, I, I think as a character, like the horror the, the horror in Heather's mm. story for me even that, that one of them fucking takes the fucking fucking hate her fucking and are escalating it they don't mm. just hate her they blame her for like, initially they're like they blame her for everything. blame her for everything one of them fucks them up they refuse to believe that she might know what she's doing mm. yeah into the river mm. and then lets her take the rap for it yeah. like they go with her only to sharply turn against her so for me that is more frightening than but it was, yeah, but right. what's interesting about the fact that that came to be was that there was so little actual direction. So they, so every day it, they, 
it was yes. organic so every yeah. day they were delivered uh, uh, batteries and food in front of their tent at night okay mm. and then with that each of them were had this kind of two liners about and it said something like follow the noise yeah. or investigate this area and they got a gps code so they were literally living this it was very yeah, immersive yeah and uh they initially as well with the josh and mike thing you remember josh goes missing he's the character who goes missing and initially that character was supposed to be mike but because of the way the three di- the dynamic was going um mm. mike was a real protagonist and mm. you know he was kind of delivering uh, a lot of the entertainment in, in terms of the rage uh, they decided let's get rid of josh and leave heather and, and yeah, mike and the way they kind of well the way they kind of left them to their own devices and just kind of um you like stimulated the action by putting stuff around the place like the cairns and the twig people hanging from the trees to yeah. kind of fuck with them. Because, well, it, was, it must it's be. It's yeah. like Stanford prison experiment-ish, isn't it? In that they just said, here, we can get three strangers, you know, into a situation and, and we can make any dynamic here, really. And like, you know, you can trust humans to really fuck shit up yeah. pretty rapidly mm. when we're left to our own. Yeah. To really seriously fail each other. And like what I thought yes. was interesting was that neither of the men were particularly affectionate or respectful. There was no tenderness towards Heather at any point. Heather was the nexus of blame mm-hmm. at every juncture of the story. Now, as a viewer, what I would have liked is a little bit more of why the Blair Witch rather than just, I like fucking witches and forests. God bless you, Gary Bevan. That's mm-hmm. my beer. Thank you so much. Um, uh, that she, her ambition wasn't, like you, you don't have the space mm. in in something as impulsive and like it's an improv movie. Do you know what I mean? To illustrate who Heather is, other than somebody who wants to make a documentary, and everything else is inferred, right? The only things that I know about Heather, or the only thing I know about Heather is that she really wanted to make a documentary. She went into this in good faith, and mm. these two dudes were a bad fucking choice, and like they hate her. Like that's all yeah. they could, and and I wouldn't have. I don't think I would have had the head on me to scan that mm. as a teenager or as a, as a child watching it. No, my um, lasting memory is also I hate Heather. So I was, yeah. you know what I mean. That's my memory from yeah. The show. But they do a really great job of building a narrative oh, where yeah. you hate her because the lads just fucking hate her, and it's their shouting and their screaming, and you don't. And Heather doesn't have an inch to defend herself because she's as fucked as they are. Absolutely, but her insistence on keeping, keeping the going. documentary going is so an annoying part and in the 90s somebody having a fucking video yeah. camera in your face was awful whereas now all five of We're us so currently have a video camera in yeah. our faces mm. and yes. it's our default mode of communication even before the pandemic like mm. hi guys welcome back to my channel thank you so much i haven't posted in a while oh my god well, that's the I thing i noticed you. about if they made it now the camera would be turned the other way the whole time yeah it's always focused outwards mm. they would be filming themselves and the, the whole time she, now it's a totally different and when film. she turns it, it turns it towards herself to be like i'm sorry mom i'm sorry mike's mom like that is when we we see mm. that the, like there's a, a moment there something changes when she turns the camera towards herself and unlike how we turn the camera towards ourselves now like fucking how many years later 20 uh, 22 years later it's gross mm. 22 years um longer 1999 22 yeah yeah longer 23 years that for all of us um but 23 years later like we are when we hold the camera towards ourselves we hold it at a slight angle towards ourselves to make us look a certain way we know how to speak to mm. it whereas she's holding it yeah. up or even yeah. or to appear not, sympathetic in any way. This film is really avoidant of the gaze to be in like fucking film anchor about it. But she's not trying to be sexy for you. No. Do you know? And that's well, if big... she is, she's failing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. No. 
And especially when the camera turns on her, it's not like, surprise, Heather is a beautiful, distressed fucking explorer. It's like, Heather is snotting herself and her eyes are fucking bugging out because she's about to die. Yes. Do you know? And she knows she's about mm, to die. And deferring so there's to no, the um, mm. I think that that's part of why people hated her is because she wasn't like, rugged girl explorer goes into the forest to find a witch with her two intrivid boys. Like none of that. None of that. Yeah. yeah. Because in so, the original mm. as well, they had plan for heather and josh have have had been had their exes they were right originally supposed to be boy ha, you know have had a breakup and then which sort of might have explained then some of the tension but they kind of removed mm. that so then you're left with yeah like you say just this kind of frightening experience mm. for, two dudes who hate you yeah yes mm. anybody inexplicably yeah. hate you and they're afraid, which is why they turn on her, because it is, because it, the, the, the way the horror escalates is lovely, because kind of nothing really scary happens until the last third, give or take. Like, yeah. Sorry, no, I completely disagree. The whole thing is so scary. <laughs> no. The whole thing is terrifying. Yeah, no. Like, it, there's so much suspense. Because of, this, because of what like, you I think, think you're the classic watching. thing in, like, horror films or, like, scary films is suspense. It's, like, what's perceived to going to be the thing that happens or whatever. And it's like the thing that ruins horror for me at all times is the minute you see the scary thing, it becomes less scary. And like that's the class thing about the Babadook, and like Babadook even became like Cloverfield. Like, oh, no one gets shook like the Babadook. Yeah, yeah. like the Babadook for the first like 16, 20 minutes is like the scariest thing, and then you see the Babadook, and you're like, also Babadook. like that is like the least scary also the Babadook villain I've is another one of those fucking stories that's just like. And then the monster was actually female mental illness. Oh, oh yeah, that's like, true too. The yeah. second I'm like, yeah, yeah. so it human, is. Out here, like, yeah, no, it is like it is a total like fuck you. But like the minute you see the scary thing, it's a, a thing that you can deal with. And like, say stuff like I think the scariest films, the scariest films for me are like uh, the French version of them which is terrifying because it's based on a true story, which is like the children who lived in the sewer parts. French can be very intimidating um, or, as well if it's not your first language. It would be. All of these like terrible, terrible films where you like never oh, yeah. understand it's like what it. the scary thing is are perpetually scary because like you apply the thing that's terrifying to you to silly. what it could be. Silly, but, like, silly. the minute you see the scary thing, it's... Well, that's how the they fucked up gone. so badly with the second Blair Witch film because they showed us the witch and it was fucking desperate. You do silly. see a figure... What I what I loved when I was watching it this morning was this the moment in the motel room before they kick off and it's the first time you see the black and white camera and you see the black shadow. And it's only there for a second. Like, it's like one of them is drinking and it's like they're testing out the black and white no sound camera. And the shadows in the background. And I expected it to be hammier from that. Mm. But nope, that's the only There time. was one bit that was going to be very hammy, but luckily they fucked it up. When they're running through the forest after a tent gets shaken, and she says, what the fuck Don't is that? Don't show it. Yeah. yeah. He, was supposed, he was supposed to turn yeah, around because there was a guy standing there with a ski mask and a white gown on over there. But they just didn't They didn't get the to shot. look over to it. They totally missed it. And they went, we're not going to do it again. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. I, I Don't you imagine... I'd say the production end had the best crack ever. So they, they were in charge of frightening mm. them. And they used to wear... There's, did you see that they wore these... like uh, So they could run through the twigs. They they wore like protective science glasses. And uh, just had the best crack ever. I'd say terrifying people. It's like those mm-hmm. people who run the haunted houses in this, in, in America. Yes. Which I'd yeah. love to go to one of those. Like, Don't. I, I've, 
no bad vibes <gasps> no the, it's the no. most frightening oh my god the haunted house in a very serious niagara don't. really it's, niagara falls have this like insane level of haunted houses and like okay this is coming from me who doesn't even like the spooktacular one that's at the rds or whatever the fuck you call it no no i'm with sarah i was, like, I was such a horror fiend when i like, like i love it why why i think like anything that fills your body with cortisol is the least enjoyable thing that you could possibly an injection of it like yeah controlled cortisol Hmm. controlled limited limited doses of cortisol not like ambient cortisol just like i'm going in here to be scared i'm gonna be scared no yeah i'd be okay with being scared i actually thought that i've never been frightened like i was frightened by that and it really what was what what was it like what was i'm so with jen in this they they did someone jumping out at you or like it's like i get that like you i like a good scare i like a horror i like it kind of like i do love a tense crime drama but like actual you're yeah. just in the business of like making my heart race no did you I'm go to one of the american ones yet i was in one this is why it was so i think caught off guard it was in spain and it was oh. just look look just a house like a in a like a fairground <laughs> kind of thing so and it, you know it was the haunted house experience we were like this i mean i'm sure it's going to be grand like you know what we have with the air and the moving fake skeleton fine and mm. the minute we entered I was like, oh, shit. This was a mistake. (laughs) They made it very clear that you can't Mm. get out during the process. They were like, no, once you're you're in, you're in. So basically, you kind of had a a moment of you can turn Mm. back here now. And it was delivered in such a serious way. You were like, oh, fuck. Um, maybe I do want to leave. What is in uh, here? Anyway, again, you're like, can't be that bad. Holy fucking, every door we entered, the door immediately closed behind. And uh, the way the lighting was, you couldn't even find it if you tried. So it, it, there was no there was no escape. It was awesome. totally you're poised. Insane. You're there waiting and for we the thing to hit. We were kind of pulling hit. at each other the whole time, you know, screaming. There was all the kind of, it was very subtle. It, there was a lot of walking and nothing yeah. happening. And I think that was part of I the love intense that you do this. Well, that's it. Yeah. I just can't express how like unenjoyable I but find it. But you know what's interesting? That kind of. Like, like, I love it. It is, what, what part of you, I just, I was like, I know Sophie and Sarah, you enjoyed it's it. It's not okay, real. So. That's why. But does it's it not, not remind real. you? Yeah, but like it has a real impact on your body. I would say I think that my body just doesn't deal with like my body obviously doesn't deal with cortisol the way that yours does because I well it like, takes a lot for me panic, to feel alive have possibly. the relief stress it out and then like for days afterwards there's, just be like on the verge of tears there's a show like I'm so glad there's I a show survived. in New York and I feel like I've, I, I talk about is it, it sleep no more doing, yeah so I've been sleep yeah you're gonna I you're was gonna just about to say no more this reminds me of sleep twice. no more yeah I went to one on yeah. Okay, so Sleep so No More is a warehouse show in Chelsea in New York, which takes place over 100 rooms. There's only 12 actors. The two stories that are being played out are Hitchcock's, well, DeMarie via Hitchcock's Rebecca and uh, Macbeth. Macbeth. Yeah, it's immersive so, theater, Jen. When you get brought in, have you, have you been to it, Soph? Yeah. When you go in, you're, you're split up from whoever you've gone to it with. In the lift. Yeah, yeah. so you're just, like, you're given playing, playing cards, Jen, to um, then kind of, sort of uh 
designate your kind of group and you're put into a group with a bunch of strangers and everyone wears masks so there's this anonymity factor and really freaky and then the thing is that as much as you're wandering through all these like really elaborate often really terrifying levels of this warehouse that's been done up to be like a an old school like 1920s sanatorium there's another level that's like a an actual graveyard where you're walking over earth outside it feels like outside it's cold enough to feel like it's, it's outside cold. the ground is entirely can earth. i ask but what really uh, then starts what, to be very before you start oh yeah well, go what on. really start i was just gonna say yeah. come on sorry i can't stop interrupting <laughs> well, no, i just need to know is that it becomes scary on a different level and i don't think men experience this as much are potentially you know people who don't feel a bit vulnerable physically uh that you're actually scared of the experience and the fact that everyone around you are unknown entities and it, it becomes beyond the story it becomes beyond the actual you know um like like kind of fucking what would you call it like display and spectacle but of what's brave- been created there and you become more like i'm alone here but anybody could do anything to me but if you're brave in there you get in it, it's amazingly rewarding yeah to risk things what do you mean like so the space is really compelling like we've been twice so we went to it just once like a normal show and then we went to new year's eve a couple of years ago and we were there until five o'clock in the morning and we got pissed out of our minds because after the play was over they opened a bar on every floor and it was it was book wild there's photographs of me and kerry lying in like one of the rows one of the bathtubs in the sanatorium they turned all the bathtubs in the sanatorium into rose petal baths wow so yeah nuts stuff like really decadent next level stuff um the staging of it jen you would be like the staging is fucking crazy the detail in the sanatorium you you can pick up people's medical histories and, and read entire files half empty bottles people. of pills you can you can break into a sweet shop and eat the sweets mm. like it's really but there's a scene if you so if you, you you were with carrie yeah well i only so, bumped you, so you were able to stay with him no. what i was going to say was before you go are you given a preparatory no. sheet that tells you so not so you've no, no idea and there's a bar called the McKittrick. Called? So it's like the McKittrick Hotel, right? Mm. So you go into this bar. And initially, the first time I went, because I'd been recommended by a few friends of mine who'd been to it. And I was like, oh, this is murder mystery dinner theater. I want to die. Yeah. I fucking hate this shit, right? Because you go in, it's 1940s, and everyone has a cigarette holder. And there are actresses saying, hey, sweetheart, how are you Crap. doing? And I'm like, fuck off, man. Do you know? I Don't don't talk to me. You're ruining it. <laughs> and then you go to lift. <sighs> And the lift just goes to six floors. And if you were, I think they only let five people onto the sixth floor a night. Oh, the really? rest of the other five floors are, to, are for everyone. And then they let a few people up to the final floor. Is yeah. the final floor the sanatorium? No. With the no. maze out on the roof? James, I've gotten really, really into this. <laughs> like way too into it over the years. Um, but no, no, no. The infirmary is like a regular floor. I think that's the fifth floor. Ah. Sixth floor. But um, yeah, it's, it's incredibly frightening to realize the scale of the building and that you have no map you've no navigation you don't know the story and if you unless you've looked it up you don't know that it's Macbeth I knew it was Macbeth because when I first arrived into it I walked I got let out of the lift into a taxidermist's office which is like not like a theater set of a little taxidermist's office like a fucking enormous to scale real life ass taxidermist's office walked out of the, for the front of it through the lobby and was like cool I'm in a full town I'm in a whole ass town enormous the full shops like there was like a there's like a funeral parlor that is absolutely true and you go down a little alley 
a little alley you can go down and then you end up in an identical replication of the bar the old time in modern mystery dinner mm. an identical replication of that bar only it's barren and destroyed Empty. Oh, barren. Oh, okay, that so is where the you see the raven, the, the three witches from Macbeth start to do their bit. And mm. that's when you realize. So people that. come then, and then you're like, yeah. So oh. they let in about 200 people a night. And if you get in, if you get in early, like the, sh- the story runs three times between 7 p.m. and like midnight. Um, so you hear, like, the actors move through the iterations of the story that amount of times. Mm. And we were there for we don't you're in different places Jen yeah you're in different and you can choose to follow an actor if you think oh that person looks interesting you can run after them Mm. so it's not linear in the slightest in terms of narrative no are you there are they engaging with sometimes like Kerry for example got pulled into like a weird little room that was in a closed off piece of the wall with a nurse who took his mask off fed him milk with a spoon and delivered him a monologue one-on-one wow oh oh hello yeah yeah it's a little bit like that but there's the whole community committed to the sleep no more experience and all the hidden performances like getting a one-to-one like that is considered like really unusual and the kind of holy grail who are really intense about it really Mm. mental about it and Mm. like i've seen people really hungry for that in the in the crowds but also the joy is exploring the unknown it's very frightening it's very dark um what where's the frightening element though it's just so it feels spooky. like it feels like the, the landscape isn't certain mm. it's very difficult to locate yourself like you don't okay. know where you are and even you know being behind no the mask, obvious direction even say to go like in. your peripheral vision is all skewy because of the mask and it's funny yeah. how that can just get really claustrophobic also you're kind of seeing violent stuff because it is Macbeth and it is yeah, Rebecca heavy going yeah yeah and like you, yeah and you're kind of and like seeing the evidence well. that is left behind after like severe mental illness murder obsession like it's all kind of it's either happening right in front of you or you're walking through the kind of wreckage and it's really it is freaky as fuck like it's really and i think freaky. in terms of like when i watched it when i was watching bear this morning and i saw the effigies hanging from the trees mm. one of the rooms in sleep no more has all these eggs hanging from the ceiling eggshells that are painted like, again really see dark. like i never saw that isn't Eff- that amazing like there's, we would have had totally different, have totally different experience so because of where you got off on the elevator or because of you didn't go there's into 100 rooms. rooms you can't see them all yeah you like couldn't. there's people who and go and you... go and go and still see new things and hear new parts. Yeah. It's amazing. And is it obvious, like from the beginning to the end of it, are you sort of ushered along? There's at no the very end, at the very the end, there are black masks who will sort of cordon off of rooms and they will gradually move you back toward the bar. Now, when I went on the new oh. show, they opened it all up like a party. So... The sets were, not all of them, but some of them were reused. So there's a really beautiful room where Lady Macbeth has a bath and you see this lovely, um, very Amazing. like distressing scene of her bathing and whatever. Not not Macbeth, the other guy, the Macduff and her have uh, this whole situation. And we are having a whole thing. thing. But when we went back, the bath was still there, but they'd hung all of these huge beads around it. And in the bath, it was like full of these huge crystals, but under the crystals was a dancer. So there's just legs in the air. Amazing. You know, I have a photo of it. I'll send you guys it. It's just like a pair of legs, like just kind of kicking, wearing high heels, like an insta- per- a live person installation. But two hours previously, I'd just seen Lady Macbeth performing a silent ballet in that environment, mm. right? So it, it went- And then later right as well, you have Macduff coming in bleeding there and yeah. like, oh yeah. It's, it's unreal. Do you feel the fact that you're on your own is Love. obviously is the effect, but at the same time annoying because you're like fucking someone else needs to be here with me 
so we can exclaim how our feelings mm-hmm. to each yeah. other about what's happening in the yeah. moment but of course it wouldn't be the right it wouldn't be the but same it's kind of fun comparing experiences after afterwards yeah like this even like i don't know many people who've seen it you know alan did you go to it in the end no we couldn't get yeah, tickets I mean, so we went to see john mulaney in sound, which was like 300 yeah. quid Good. each going or yeah. something like yeah well, that's what my next question was really big money it turns big money depends on the day of the week you go yeah, yeah. the first time we went to Vintage Tuesday and it's 70 bucks but then we went to the new year's eve it's broadway money yeah, yeah. Broadway like, money. okay but you know as and well here's a question really do you sign a waiver no, no, no I don't think so. But there has been no. um, like lots of uh, reports of um, sexual misconduct and kind of. I was going to say, like that nurse thing sounds a little sketchy. No, it's the audience doing little. weird shit to the actors, not yeah, vice versa. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The yeah. actors are trying out the wazoo. Like the actors are brilliant, and they're dancers. It's all it's all physical theater. Nobody says it. like you know if unless you end up in a one on one situation, people don't really talk. It's very like I at New Year's Eve because there was less people at the show. I think there must be about fifty people, so you have the run of the place, no crowds, just you alone in these sets. I watched um, a bellhop in the hotel lobby area doing a ballet alone for about fifteen minutes. It was fucking incredible. Like it was really mm. intimate and really stunning. How do you leave that? Uh, he finished. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that was lovely. Um, I don't know. How, I'm bored. Is that correct? No, wrong. Um, I thank you. Yeah, you could. Be- you just walked. She walks, or you. You could just walk up. Rude. Could, I wouldn't be able. He to. would continue that dance mm. alone. Mm. Like that's what's amazing. It's like oh, into a machine. Okay. You no, know? um, I saw I, I, the most frightening rooms. Like again, I feel very kind of particular about tropes of horror and something I like. Like as in, if I see something that I've seen a hundred times, I'm like fuck you, that doesn't work. Like the Babadook. Mm. So with Blair Witch, because it's like a seminal horror text, I was surprised that you only kind of see the effigies for a moment. Mm-hmm. You know, and the little wee sticks, the little wee like. Uh, graves of rocks they're only there for a minute they're not lingered on they're not kind of hammered home mm. in Sleep No More there's this uh, floor or part of a floor which is like a family home and one of them is like a child's bedroom and I, anytime I said to oh him I'm like oh, you. Um, I walked bitch. in on a girl I walked in on a girl who's sitting like an audience member who was sitting on the child's bed holding the teddy bear and she put it back and she walked out so I walked up and I was like why the fuck was she holding the teddy bear on my life the teddy bear's stomach was opened and when I opened it up when I, I was like what the fuck is this there was a slip with a code inside. Numbers. Ugh. So Sleep No More is full of games mm. that aren't available to the general audience. I didn't know where the fuck yeah. we were going. <laughs> I thought it was going to be baby teeth. Okay. Yeah. Well, lots, lots of teeth. There's lots of teeth. This would be a very teeth-heavy experience. But the oh, nice. there are if you get pulled into a, a single interaction with an actor, they might tell you to go and get them something. They might tell. They might send you somewhere specific, and then you'd you know? be like, "No, love, like three hundred quid. No, I'm not fucking getting far. anything for you." Um, Sarah, <laughs> in that kid's bedroom, did you see the the the, the mirror room? Yes, and it was horrible. Fucking terrifying. I, they should the ceiling. Yeah. yeah. They have a kind of thing where if you sit on the bed, and it's so interesting because they do the the level of fucking like ah oh, like elaborate setups that you really only a fraction of your audience may ever experience because you have to sit or stand in a certain place in the rooms but basically if you sit on the child's bed in that room which who's going to choose to do that like a few a handful of freaks like me and Sarah and that girl with the teddy bear and I sat on the child's bed and if you look at the wall opposite you there's like a kind of an illusion wall where through it you can see an exact replica of the room you're sitting in except it's without without you and there is carnage and there's things hanging to oh, the ceiling fuck. that look like Terrifying. like almost like cheats. It's really, really it's really scary. Um, but yeah, you're so right. It's the kind of like subtle uncanniness 
that Sleep No More and threat. Blair Witch share. That the is threat. So... It's ambient threat, right? Yeah, so like yeah. in, in, in mm. Blair Witch, the, the threat is that like one of the lads hears noises at night. You're in a woods, Mary, of course you're going to fucking hear some noises at night. Calm down. Mm. You know, and it's the story you tell yourself as you go further into the woods. And with Sleep No More, because you go in at a blank slate, it's the story you begin to tell yourself as you infer where you are, right? Mm. So you build the horror alone. Yeah, yeah. And with Blair Witch, arguably for most of that fucking film, you build the horror alone. Mm. You know, until we have uh, it culminates in the, the, the extreme simplicity of one of the dudes just standing facing the corner. And unless you were listening in the first few scenes of the film, you won't know it's why that is so you. fucking bleak. Yeah, you know? but you'd Tell still me. know. I think. I think you'd still no. feel. It's I don't know. Strange. That wasn't in it originally. They had to go back and film ending. that bit. Yeah, they had three, no. they had two Tell other me. endings, and it's so interesting because they are so. They have one, actually, I can show you guys because I found a still of one of them and it is, it's like a farce. It is so bad and hilarious. Let me just find it again. Um, but basically, do you remember all the twig effigies and things like that? They had one idea that they, they were going to go down. So at the very end, they end up going to the witch's house, going down into the basement. They see like bloody children's handprints scratches on the walls and it's getting freakier and freakier and they go down into the basement and you know that Mike's kind of attacked by something and then we're on Heather's cam mm -hmm. and uh, so what they were going to do was have let me see how you can share a screen on this they were going to have her capture Mike so they were going to have Mike having this kind of like attack of the twigs up on oh, the wall of the basement and ridiculous. like look at him little sad face. <laughs> sad face yeah. like oh. i can't believe that all these twigs turned on me it's like basically a kind of um you know it looks like it's like, like a green catcher but with a kind yeah. of a late yeah. 90s kind of slightly grunge looking dude he's wearing not one but two lumberjack shirts here <laughs> and um, the cold. other alternative it's definitely the kind of man i would have fancied when i was younger i was like oh good tartan mm, shirt delicious Not like a good tartan shirt um, but the, i think yeah. the power of the sim like it's so simple just a person standing facing the fucking corner well that's it because like that looks kind of like a joke to me the twigs attack of the twigs it's very like do you remember in poltergeist when when your one's braces your man's braces sorry the kid oh, yeah. took over his entire body in the bathroom and it's just like like no <laughs> you've just kind of no yeah you jumped the shark there but the other alternative ending that didn't make it in was that mike would be hanging in the basement right. and which is a callback to all those reports of the woman whose feet never touched the ground but like i think that's like really like well the other one's farcical that one's like really overt violence and then what instead we got was him just silently standing facing the wall and i think that is the most terrifying because it moves way beyond the body and into the realm of like complete psychological takeover by this entity that has stalked them all the way up till now. And it's also the history yes. of the, the, the before the, the stories that we hear about before the Blair Witch mm -hmm. are one of them is John something. The ch children. I don't know why I'm like John Roderick in the long winters. I don't know why that Roderick in my head <laughs> something like that. Been that. Been that. Something um, like that. Yeah. And one it's like just John Power or Justin Power. Or something, yeah, Parr, Parr. The guy yes. and yeah. his story was that like... When, Rusty Parr. That's it, was. Rusty. Um, that yeah. there was this massacre of a bunch of kids and when he was... he would, When he was making them wait to die, he yeah, would yeah. stand them facing the corner. So they and again, watch what he's doing with the other kid. Blinking, you'll miss it. Yeah. 
kindness. You know what really. the scariest part when he, they're telling that story is that remember it's the mother holding the child. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, and as soon as she starts mentioning the children, the child starts putting his hand over it's her not mouth. True, it's not true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> like it's. Like, and it's. I don't know if they told the child to do that because it's a very small time. child, but it's so scary. The child knows they're talking about child mm. murder. It's really yeah. weird. It's great archive. It really sets the tone very early. It's got a really lovely sense of reality about it. Because isn't she in like the car park of a supermarket or something like that? And she looks so like harried mother on her way doing her her bit. All of them, they were all actors, but it's it's the only thing any of them were ever in, all the Mm. townspeople. Really? And the and Heather, Josh, and Mike all didn't know they were actors. They all thought they were real, that they'd found. Because they all thought Blair Witch was real until after the shooting. They didn't tell them that it was that's fake. So, so they thought they were doing a film about an actual ah, myth. That's so interesting. And that they had talked to actual townspeople about this myth and improvised with them. But it was actually six actors well, they imp- found who were all incredible actors who had never appeared in that any That improvisation film. is so interesting because of how mm-hmm. horrendously misogynistic the story ended up being, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. That's really compelling because that wasn't written or designed that, that way. That's just how those... The fact that they had evolved. to switch which which guy died, which guy they pulled out early because he was so antagonistic yeah, towards her. That's crazy. Is nuts. You... The actress, Heather, had a hunting knife in her bag because she was going to be alone with two guys in the woods for eight days. Oh my God. Like the act- actual actress had a hunting knife with her. Just and case. they weren't just alone in the woods. They shared a fucking tent. Mm. I loved her jumper. She had a great cardigan. Gosh. She did. Miss Miss buttoned a lot of the time. (laughs) Like I liked her look. Like it was very of a particular time. It was really like me. Can you notice that? Like Felicity means my so-called life. Yeah, and the little 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 hair band and shit. Like what I liked about it as well is that remember when people used to just look like people? Yeah. Like even Angelina Jolie looked like a person back in like the early 2000s. If you look back at her like first Oscars where she took her brother, like she looks totally like a person. It's crazy the way people used to. And Heather O'Donoghue is lovely looking, but just like a normal girl, like a normal cute girl with a ponytail. Yeah, and no hair and makeup. Like that's it. And like that's unheard of. Like I I was talking to somebody about Annihilation this week and something I really liked about Annihilation was Natalie Portman just looking normal fairly normal just look like she's not makeup like just strip back you know she just looks about 37 you know yeah like of course she does like she just looks like any of us um so i i I enjoyed that and again like the way the cameras were back then don't zoom in on details in the same way that any of our cameras do now i'd say we've more power in the cameras and our computers than any of them did in those handhelds that they were using Mm. so it's uh, and again the style of it visually being clipped together is like a set of instagram stories or like a set of tiktoks and that's why found footage has come back so quickly like i don't know if you done a creep, creep dive about that megan is that what it's called megan something the tiktok thing that this kids on tiktok started watching this found footage film about a girl who gets into a kind of an online relationship with a guy and ends up being sex trafficked jesus no, megan is missing so does that ring a bell Megan is missing. We haven't done Megan's missing, but Jen did the TikTokers who found the scene. Oh, yeah. oh the uh, mm. random knots. Yeah, fuck that. That's yeah. bad. Bye. Hilarious. Like, I mean, that's very bad. <laughs> very bad luck. Like to literally find the body in the suitcase. But no, Megan is missing is this, um, I think, I hope I'm saying the right name, but it's this found footage film, which is sort of used for educational purposes in high schools around don't don't do cyber sex or you'll end up being trafficked is sort of the general gist of it but it's about these two girls and it's found footage it's all it's all webcam footage phone footage and it is it ends extremely badly like i watched bits of it and i was like i simply can't have done like that 
am I looking at a girl's body inside a barrel who has been slowly drowned? They're just going to show me that, huh? They're just going to show me that. So, it's... No, no, but this is a film. So this, TikTok is This isn't TikTok. This is like an actual film. And the kids on TikTok started doing like a watch Megan is missing challenge to sit down and actually watch it because it's that, it's that shocking to see. So you watch kids reacting to it rather than the film. Um, right? Two girls, yeah. one cup. Yeah, but only like just no one is Dead having a good girl. time. Like no cup. two girls, one barrel, like literally <laughs> in the barrel. Like it's really bad. Um, and, it, and it has a very authentic feel because it's like webcam footage or it's like phone footage. And like they, um, it, it's from a really particular time in the internet it's not quite modern it's a little bit before so it kind of has a feeling where you might think man that maybe that's real mm. uh it's not but it's it's chilling is what i would say it's deliberately designed to immediately yeah. off to watch this yeah i would say it's worth finish. a creep dive it's, a, it's definitely worth a creep dive i'm very surprised you haven't haven't heard of it it's a really but it's found footage right so you have that sense of questioning is it real is it not real or what lengths did they go to to get this footage is the question right you know, like what what did they have to do to acquire these scenes or get this this mood? Whereas, so we know in the Blair Witch that obviously there was this horrible, like moderate level of psychological torture for poor Heather O'Donoghue with these two pricks in the forest who decided to make the story about him, which they hated her. But this other thing has that same realistic edge and that same unpredictability, but it's got a you see more of the unhappy ending like it's 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 not quite video nasty but it's Ugh. almost video nasty and the way that other uh, the way that kids watching it on tiktok has proliferated its legend does sort of turn it's given it that mad power do you know um it's but mad it's the power that video nasty still has as a phrase yeah. like the second you mm. said it there i just went like Ugh. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, do you remember Cassie, or you, it was it just a tiny bit before you? Like, it was a big thing when we were kids. Before me, I've never heard. You never heard it before. It before. Like, it was a big thing when we yeah. were kids about like so. Basically, loads of horror films in the kind of late '80s and early '90s started going straight to video because they just wouldn't get any outing in the cinemas, and so they started. Are you saying video nasty? Video nasties is what they started to become called. So it was basically like they wouldn't get any general release in cinemas, and then they just go straight to video, and then people would be able to rent them in the move in the video shops and stuff like that. So then basically it became of this kind of uh, moral panic about kids renting these videos, and then like it really peaked and culminated in the Jamie Bolger case, where like video nasties were massively held up as like a big potential cause of a, an act of violence like that taking place and um it was just mad like it's just mad as a phrase the way when you said it there i just like it really took me straight back and it was really like i just remember all of those movies like um chucky and things like that were cited very specifically with that case and i remember mm. it just became really radioactive to my child mind that i was like this stuff can create these real world consequences it has the power to cause disaster totally, it can yeah. infect you and take over you and turn you into a bad person which uh, is really yeah, interesting yeah and the Blair Witch has that kind of energy in the same way the ring might have that energy yeah. where you feel like you are different and it's like as a, a chain result. letter of a film yeah which also sounds really it. like Megan is missing with all those kind of reaction vids and stuff like that but it's so interesting because you kind of start to think like so that's almost like found footage evolving with the audience kind of language and intellect kind of evolving with it so like there was a time when what it really reminds me of is you know with uh the texas chainsaw massacre which came out in the 70s um 
that had trailers for it. So that had like based on true events at the beginning of the film and on the poster for the film. And it's very loosely based on Ed Gein, but like it's a big stretch. But it was like one of the first Mm. times that they started using based on true events to kind of like, well, basically using it just to hype a film and it not necessarily being based on true events. And then what they had was this trailer. And I think it was also used at the beginning of some of the editions of the film where they had um, a police officer talking to camera and leading news um, crew through uh, a crime scene that was supposed to be in the wake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And so basically like audiences in the 70s had this trust in journalism and news in the same way that like audiences in the kind of like late 90s when Blair Witch came out had actually this kind of naive trust of the internet because we just Mm. hadn't kind of quite been led Mm. in on the kind of like matrix of it yet do you know that kind of way it hadn't developed the tentacles it has now totally and also there was almost a sense that it was slightly counter mainstream countercultural kind of like truth online as opposed to the mediated truth of mainstream news and things like that and like we didn't yet like we just didn't like like it's mad now to think how will this work beyond now because now we just have deep fakes like what now in terms of like horror and found footage and this kind of like you know i think but but what was really refreshing to me post truth post truth well yeah we have we have a level of horror day to day that i think people (laughs) simply didn't have previously but at the same time like i was about to say watching teenagers being terrified by megan is missing on tiktok was quite refreshing to me but i recognize how bleak that statement sounds yeah it was more surprising to me now i'm off i am a clean of tiktok since before christmas mm-hmm. um a small pat on the back we're not doing that anymore we're not yeah Jen and I are we're simply not clean of tattle life we are simply not I'm doing sorry, it yeah. any longer i do you, you do go on tattle life that's a totally different podcast that's a, a another episode for something else where it's we discuss level of the ins and outs oh, of yeah. i will life. find my serotonin elsewhere is my hope right <laughs> i will seek it out there is no serotonin on top plenty life. of it on fucking no TikTok. On no but, but what was really wonderful to me is that the kids of the kids of tiktok like the, the gen z babs who are so fluent and so savvy and have such a different level of access to information than we did are still afraid mm. when they see something that bends reality in the way that Megan is missing does, right? Mm. You know, they're much wiser. They have a better vocabulary. They can read an image. They have sort of an organic understanding of semiotics a lot of the time. They have a really different relationship with the moving picture than even we did because all Absolutely, they, yeah. All they do all day, dude. You know, all I do all day, but they've been doing it for a bit longer than and I have. And they have it know? in their pocket. Like, and they, yeah, it's it's way different for them. They're way smarter in it, it, with it than we are even in a way that freaks the shit out of me. But watching that circulation of, oh my God, you guys have to watch this movie. We don't know if it's real or not. Yeah, yeah. That's the shit. Yeah. That's good. That gives me faith, you know? For, for what horror can be and for what urban legend can be. Do you know? Like, obviously, Random Nodding and the fucking body in the suitcase is a very unfortunate and rare uh, extreme that those kids ended up going on. You know, like, that was a really... They'll probably never... <laughs> I say it's lightly, but they might never recover from that. That's maybe the worst thing that will happen to any of them in their lives, right? Or um, it'll turn out to be, like, a viral marketing campaign for Stand By Me too. 
too. Oh, just so convincing, you know. You guys want to but see we all got body. to witness them. Yeah, you guys want to see dead body, but like we all got to see them doing that, right? So in some ways, that experience becomes found footage. Mm. So again, watching Blair Witch in 2021, if anybody hasn't seen it and is tuning in, I can't actually promise anybody an experience that equates to the kind of horror that it would have held in 2000 or in 1999. Yeah. Because it's somebody's shitty hiking trip. Yeah. It's somebody over broadcasting the argument. Turn the fucking camera off. Does that not like sound like Jake Paul? Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Like we're used to the language of people invading invading each other's personal spaces and airing out their dirty laundry online. So like it's just fucking Tuesday as opposed to a piece of archival text, right? So I think. You know, while it was avant-garde, I think it was weirdly like predictive. Also, does that make sense? Like, I don't know. I feel like that's how we all tell stories now. Yeah, and I suppose it sharp was edits. kind of happening around the same time that reality TV like was taking a new form mm. of merely watching people in a house, yeah. like in Good a way. Because you know, there was reality TV before that, but like it was in a contrived setting, and um, not just. Let's see what people do when they're just left. Just go. Yeah. Big Brother One, man. Give me that podcast many series. Uh, nasty Nick. Nasty Nick. Video, Video nasty nasties. Nick. Fuck, that's a juvenilia creep dive crossover. Because some of those I, would I love just to do the I've never I seen because would... it's just so kind of in me that I'm like, they're so wrong. Yeah, I would love to do The Exorcist at some point yeah. if you guys would want to do a campfire style. Do you drink. remember? Yeah. Yeah. We know a lot about I mean, that. Can we not just do Blind Date? Like, no. like, <laughs> like, can we not just do like a nice thing that was like nostalgic but also a little bit creepy? It's just, let's not go deep on the horror from here on out because there's great stories of Blind Date. There was that journalist who went on Blind Date. There was the... We wanted to do the whole thing about this. <laughs> about that one story. Yeah, I wanted to like. This is how this whole episode came about. I was like, "You two were like, let's, let's fight Blair Witch." Yeah, I was, like, I was like, "No, that's traumatic. I don't want to do the Blair Witch project. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to rewatch it. I'm not going to like." I simply shan't. I simply shall not engage. And in both WhatsApp groups, I was like, "I just refuse to rewatch this show. <laughs> I am not going to do it." Uh, let's do. Blind date. Let's talk about Scylla Black, whose name was White, Scylla White. Yeah. And it's like, a beautiful singer. Nostalgic. She's a Burt Bacharach Chanteuse. Yes. We could have had a nostalgic chat about that for 20 minutes. But instead, we've been dragged through. Hell on earth. <laughs> the leaves. We've been dragged through the twigs. Sleep no more. We've been, yeah. The Blair Witch Project. Just horror as a genre. Just all the awful things. I've been silent for a very long time, but traumatized through this whole chat. <laughs> Well, I've enjoyed this chat immensely. I really have. Mm, me too. Guys, it was great to revisit. Can we come back and do... Can we come back and do... Only if we can come back and do The Exorcist as well. Let's do a combined I'm... version. A blind date meets The Exorcist. Why the fuck not? <laughs> we did a great crossover there uh, a while ago of, of our, all our, like interest where we managed to like wrangle sister act two into the conversation so as long as we can do that again i'm, I'm here all roads lead to sister act <laughs> can i be extremely Guys, thanks for having us table. on oh yeah i was gonna say thanks yeah. for having us on and then oh, thank you guys for having us on pressure the people into listening to one of us shows. has something important happening Pressing, well, so now is the time to listen to one it's of us. Not, 
Yes, I got a, I got a new guitar <laughs> pedal. Um, it's, it's the one that Johnny Greenwood uses, uh, that Kirk Cobain used on Nevermind. Oh my god, so, I'm so happy for that. That's my big news. That's all I've got. My little heart. I bought a heart carpet. I love That's my it. News. It's nice, but it's got nothing on this news. <laughs> yeah, what's the big news? Well, no, it's it's kind of like adjacent to the topic because it is my new book and it has horror in the title. So my new book is Corpsing, My Body and Other Horror Shows. And actually, there is quite a lot about the horror genre in it. Um, like when you guys were talking, when Cassie, when you were talking about like the scariest films, you know, holding off on the the kind of horrific force. Um, that's all I've written loads about that kind of stuff in it, actually, uh, with kind of reference to mental illness, actually. Um, so, yeah, the book is all about. So very relevant. And how scary life is and uh, it's gorgeous. Pre-order now. You it's out in yeah. what, four yeah. weeks? It is, I've read one essay and it is sensational. Thank you, guys. It's going to be bomb. Thank you, guys. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be really Well, it's for horror fans and people who have a lot of feelings. And I tell you what, it's a perfect Venn diagram circle of of our listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's do this again sometime, huh? Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Goodbye, all. Bye. Bye, everybody. (laughs) 